Hello and welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Distro. If you're new to the podcast, first of all, just want to say welcome. And what I like to do on this podcast is really just talk about movies. I know it's a weird year to start a movie podcast, but we make it fun. And by we, I mean me. So I usually bring on some kind of movie topic that I research or lately I've kind of been talking to some of my friends about movies that they've watched either streaming or stuff from back in the day and this week I am bringing on my friend Anthony who is from the Carla Marie and Anthony show they're based out of Seattle but actually just got let go recently from their radio job which sucks I texted him when it happened and I was like dude really sad for you and then I was thinking, well, I have a podcast. Why don't you come on here and talk about what you have going on right now, what they're kind of doing in between going from their radio show now to wherever they're going to go on to next. So just know when we talk about stuff, that's the kind of place he's coming from right now, what he has going on in his life. He's one of my closest radio friends, and I just wanted you guys to get to know him a little bit better. And what other better way than to ask him about some of his favorite movies? And then we're going to get into a review of the Netflix movie, The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. Again, this week will be a spoiler-free podcast, so if you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't watched it on Netflix, we're not going to ruin the movie for you. We're just going to give our opinions of if we liked it and if we recommend it, so we'll do that. And then we'll also talk about the biggest news that pretty much came out last week, that Mulan is going straight to Disney+, Plus, but not for free. It's going to be 30 bucks to watch, so we talk about whether or not we'd be willing to pay that. And again, if you're new here and end up enjoying this episode, may I suggest you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button wherever you're listening to this podcast because I put brand new episodes out every single Monday and that's all you have to do to get it on your phone, on your iPad, wherever you're listening to this right now, you'll get a brand new episode every week. And if you're listening over there on Apple Podcasts, just leave that five-star rating, write a quick little review so I can knock out all those other movie podcasts in my category. More people come on here and enjoy the podcast and it's a whole thing that we can all be a part of. So really, that means a lot to me. Tell a friend, tell a co-worker, tell somebody you know is also into movies and would enjoy this. And if you don't want to do anything else, well then hey, just hit play and enjoy the episode. All right, that's all I got to say for now. Let's get right into this episode with my friend Anthony. Let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, on now with my friend Anthony. What's going on, dude? Hello. Thanks for having me on the podcast, man. It's great to have you on. We've been friends for a while now. Yeah. And I would have to say, outside of the people I work with on my radio show, you're probably my closest radio friend now. Damn, are you trying to make me cry like 30 seconds into the podcast? Uh, no, it's true, man. Like <laughs> even outside of radio stuff, we talk like live stuff. Like right when this whole mm -hmm. pandemic hit, we were texting back and forth and it was like, you know, just real stuff that you helped me get through that early time. You know, I, I don't know. I can't even remember how we really became friends. Like obviously we, we've connected through radio. Oh, you know what it was? When Carla Marie and I were down in Austin, yeah, I heard the iHeartRadio Country Festival. We were out, and I tweeted something, and then you re, you like responded on Twitter. And we're like, I hey, didn't I'm even in respond. Austin. I think I just favorited the tweet that Carla Marie sent out, and then was she tweeted me like, hey. yeah, and then she was like, hey, come meet up with us, and then that's when I met you guys for the first time. I think that was maybe three years ago. Yeah, no, but honestly, I mean, in our in our larger radio community, I mean, you are someone who I consider an actual friend, both in radio and outside of radio. So it's it's really cool to be a part of this and to see you. Um, not only thrive with your regular job, but also 
do this podcast and actually do so well. And it's a, it's an awesome podcast. Thanks, dude. Well, you are kind of in a transition period right now. So yep. if people know you, you're from, I originally started listening to you when you were on Elvis Duran. I was running the board here in Austin, Texas yeah. when that show was on here. And I remember hearing you on that show and seeing you go from that to moving to Seattle with Carla Marie and doing that show. And then now you're kind of where you are now, which we'll talk yeah. about. So what I want to do is find out about your life and get people, you know, getting to know you better. And I want to ask you through movies. So that's kind of how we do it here. Okay. That cool. Yeah, of course. So let's just start off. If you had a movie to describe your life right now, what would Ooh. it be? Can I do a genre instead of a specific yeah. okay, movie? Let's do, let's do a genre. Okay. The genre would be any boxing or fighting movie where the protagonist just got their ass handed to them and now they're like they're licking their wounds a little bit but they're also starting to train for that next opportunity so like rocky creed um those moments you know the uh like usually that super cut they do of like the training montage yeah where like rocky's chasing around chickens or creed is like yeah sprinting through the the uh streets of philadelphia i think that's where i am right now in my life where it's been a little rocky for a bunch of reasons, mm -hmm. not even just professionally. Um, but I'm finally, my eyes are set and my vision is set on my goals for the future and building towards that. Does that is that nice. a good answer? I don't know. I like that answer. It's a genre instead of an actual movie. <laughs> but okay, so you're casting this movie, you're in this genre, what actor would you get to play you? Okay, so this, I don't love the person I would have to pick, but I have to pick this person no matter what. So there's a guy and I don't even know his name, but he's on, um, Law and Order SVU. He's okay. on like the newer seasons. He's one of like their newest uh, role players on that show. And I don't watch Law and Order at all. But the second this guy came on screen, people started either tweeting me or sending me DMs on Instagram because we look like we could at least be brothers. Um, but okay. everyone says we look exactly the same. So he's also a Middle Eastern guy. Um, we both have like narrow faces, same, same like hair, skin tone, everything. So he would have to play me just by default to be the most accurate. That's a harder thing for me, too, because I'm Mexican and there's really no prominent Mexican actors that are like go to A-list actors. And yeah. when I think about casting myself, I got like Michael Pena and that's about it. Well, I've got like for Lebanese <laughs> actors, it would be like Tony Shalhoub from <laughs> Monk. And like that's a, that's all I can really think of. Well, we have a similar kind of thing going into yeah. that. Um, what about is there an actor that you can't stand that everybody loves? You know, I don't. I don't understand the allure of, um, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. Okay. And I, I don't know if maybe, maybe I'm just jealous that like all these women around the world love him so much and that's why I don't get it. Um, but I think him, he just seems like he's kind of vanilla, like he doesn't have a lot going on and, but everyone, everyone loves him. And I think it's just the twilight thing that everyone loves, but yeah, I would have to pick him probably. I kind of like Robert you? Pattinson now. Like I, I'm okay really? with Robert Pattinson now because I mean, he is doing the new Batman movie. And I think that, I think he's kind of transformed himself to going from being that twilight actor, being uh -huh. Edward and now being kind of a more serious actor. I think he's done some really kind of like good dramatic roles that I was like, okay, I don't even see him as a twilight guy anymore. Let but me ask you then, sorry. Do you think that he's going to be a good Batman? I have high expectations for him mainly because I saw him in a movie called the lighthouse Okay. which is basically him and William Defoe just like just pretty much them the entire movie and it was just him being really raw and like okay I could see him being more dramatic and dark and I think if he takes a performance like that and moves it to being Batman I think he has a pretty good chance in it aside from like when Ben Affleck did it I couldn't just see him <laughs> and take him seriously I could see 
him doing that. Well, Ben Affleck's one of those actors that you can't see outside of just his person. You know, like you just yeah. see Ben Affleck on the screen. I think Brad Pitt has gotten to that level, even though he's a great actor. You see him, you're like, oh, that's just Brad Pitt doing that role. Yeah. So I think it, it, it's, so, it's tough for Ben to do anything. The actor for me, though, is Tom Cruise. Really? Like, Why? I, I, don't, I, I think it's more so that I think he's probably not that great a person. I've heard of just stories of him being really difficult to work with on set and just being so like he's such a big movie star that he almost just takes over but i feel that also takes away from me liking any of his movies and there's not one single tom cruise movie that i say i enjoyed i just don't like seeing him on screen i feel like he's kind of a jerk and i just don't like any of his movies you know i will say and i i guarantee there are people who are probably listening to us right now being like tom cruise the best actor of all time but <laughs> I would also agree that I think his celebrity surpasses the quality of his movies. Mm -hmm. Like he is a much bigger celebrity. And granted, he had like back in the day, uh, was it um, Top Gun? Obviously, like he had huge movies back in the day. But I think now it's just he's this huge name. He's a brand name and, and it, yeah. he just gets attention. That's it. But I mean, I do like he goes to such extremes. Like the only movie I'm want to see that he's going to be in is a new top gun movie because he does take things to such an extreme of like okay we're actually going to learn how to fly a fighter jet yeah that we're is actually, pretty cool he's and he actually does his own stunts like he there's like footage of him like breaking his ankle doing mission impossible movies that part is pretty cool but i feel like he's that intense about things he's probably annoying to work with yeah i do give him a lot of respect for the stunts i know that um in the last mission impossible or is it the one coming up i don't remember um there's that famous scene of him like on the side of the plane and they actually have to like take off quickly with him on the side yeah. of a plane. Like that's, in, that's insane stuff. So where did you grow up? So I grew up in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is a suburb about 20 minutes outside of Manhattan. So outside of New York mm -hmm. city, um, really quiet suburb, safe town. But the unique thing with where I grew up was it was predominantly a upper middle class white neighborhood. And it's actually where my mom emigrated to. So she came over from the Middle East. She was um, the last place they lived before they came to America was Jordan. And they were the first immigrant family to really settle down in that town. So there was this unique thing where even though I was born there and grew up most mm -hmm. of my life there, there was this weird riff where like I was never fully part of the community because everyone was so like stereotypically white American and grew up there for like generations and had decent money where my family like struggled a little bit. Um, and we were, I was always kind of an outcast, but I still loved where I grew up. Um, but that was essentially where I spent most of my life. Then I went to Seton Hall University. Um, and then before I came out to Seattle, I was living in the Hoboken, Jersey City area. So I lived within like a 30 mile radius my whole life and then moved <laughs> almost 3000 miles away to the other side of the country. So back to when you were a kid, what's the first movie you remember going to see in theaters? You know, this, it might it's going to sound like I'm way older than I am, but I think they re-released Pinocchio from what I remember. And my okay. uncle took me to see Pinocchio in the theaters. Cause that movie came out in like what the thirties or something like that. Um, but I think when I, I want to say I was like six or seven or something like that, but I think it was re-released at some point. Cause that's the, the first vivid memory I have in a theater was Pinocchio. And then after that, I think it was Aladdin because I'm Middle Eastern. So my aunt took like all of us, all of my cousins, we all celebrated the fact that there was a Middle Eastern cartoon out there, a Disney movie. <laughs> what about, what's the favorite movie from the year you were born? So you're gonna be, you as a movie person are gonna be very upset with me. 
There are a lot okay. of really great movies that came out in 1985 because I Googled it the other okay. day. Um, I don't think I've seen any of them fully. Like I've seen clips and parts and I know quotes from some of them. Here's here's the okay. list. Breakfast Club. I would say 1985 is a, is a big movie for just 80s in general. Well, you have Breakfast Club, uh, The okay. Goonies, Weird Science, yes. Back to the Future, uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Those That's just like the top of the list. Oh my gosh. Those and are like the biggest 80 movies of all time. I know. So I would have to, in terms of movies that I've seen parts of, at least, um, I'd have to go with The Breakfast Club mainly because I think I'm a very... I'm like this quietly angsty teen, and I think that movie kind of spoke to a lot of those uh, same feelings, you know? Yeah. Even I'm like a very you, confident person, uh, masquer or no, I'm a angsty teen masquerading as a confident person. <laughs> what about you? That is a. Um, no, I was born in 1991. Okay. So my favorite movie from that year is Boys in the Hood. Okay, that's a great movie. Is, yeah. Yeah. I think that movie when I, I remember watching that and I probably shouldn't have been watching it as a kid, <laughs> of course. but I was like, holy crap, this is like the most dramatic thing I've ever seen. And I think even going back and watching that movie now, it's important for people to go back and watch. You know, and I didn't, I didn't get a uh, chance to ask you this question, this follow up. So you asked me where I grew up. You grew up in Texas, but you were, were you in Austin or were you further south? I was uh, further north. So I grew oh, up north. right outside of Dallas, okay. a place called Waxahachie, Texas, which okay. my parents came from Mexico and lived there. And that was the first time, yeah. So both first generation. Both first generation, Look at yeah. That. And now we're just talking about movies. Now we're just talking about <laughs> movies. All right, so what we're going to do next, we're going to come back and talk about The Old Guard, which we both watched. We'll yeah. review it. We'll give a spoiler-free review for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, but we've also given it some time. So in case a spoiler slips in there, we'll be good. And then uh, we also want to talk about Mulan coming straight to streaming on Disney+, Plus, which people were upset at the price tag. So we'll talk about all that. Cool? Yeah, man. All right, we're back here about to talk about the old guard. So we're getting to a movie review here. And I like Shirley's Theron. I think she's a pretty good, solid action star. She puts a lot, kind of like we were talking about Tom Cruise earlier, like she does her own stunts. She's mm -hmm. pretty hardcore. And I think she's a little bit underrated too. Just of all the movies she's put out over her career. I think she's done like over 70 something movies. Do you think she's but, underrated as a celebrity or underrated as an actress, like an actual serious actress? I think as a serious actress, okay. like I feel like she, pretty much they paid her all the money to do this movie. Like they spent $70 million on this movie. I couldn't find exactly how much she paid, but she gets about 20 million a movie just for like a regular theatrical release. So I have a feeling Netflix really just was like, okay, we need her in a movie and we're going to pay her a lot of money. Cause really, I think she carries this movie from aside yeah. from her. I think and everybody else in it, you probably wouldn't recognize by their name or their face. So I think they pretty much banked everything on putting it on her. So I think she's underrated. I think I think you're right there. I think as a serious actress, she probably is oftentimes seen as like a pretty face actress, you know, because she is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. the second you get to that level where you're this like stunningly attractive human, people just focus on that and not your actual body of work. So yeah. I would agree with you that she's probably underrated as a serious actress. What did you think about this movie? You, you watched it twice now, right? I did. Yeah, I watched it um, when it first came out, like that first night. I think it came out on a Friday. And you know what's funny is as I was watching it, I was there were times where I was confused in the very beginning. But then I, I really did enjoy the movie. And once I was done, I was like, I wonder what Mike thinks of this movie. Because I know that <laughs> I know that you're, you're yeah. critical of movies and you have this podcast. Um, 
I enjoyed it. So, I will, I'll say this. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but you've got to give it like 20 minutes, I think. 20, 30 minutes. I agree. So a quick setup to somebody who hasn't seen this movie. It's basically Charlize Theron. She's a part of this group of mercenaries who are eternal. Like they don't die. They've been around for centuries. And now they find some people who are like kind of onto them. And they're trying to protect themselves. And then they end up finding a new person who has their same kind of powers, the ability to heal themselves so they can essentially die and come back to life. So kind of like Wolverine in a sense. Yeah. But they're trying and have been a part of like all this stuff throughout history. So I think it's a pretty cool premise. First of all, it's based on a comic book and essentially it's a comic book movie. If you think of it that way. Yeah. But I, I found just giving that kind of like plot line, like that made me want to watch it. Like, okay, that sounds cool. And then within like the first opening scene, it had a really strong opening scene, yeah. which I like. And I think an opening scene goes a long way. Like that first little memory you kind of put in your, you know, in your head of like, okay, this is how the movie starts. You almost feel in this one, again, it's not ruining it, but you almost feel like it was going to start at the end yeah, and then work its way around. But then you realize, holy crap, that's, that's the premise of the movie. So I actually, yeah, I agree. I thought it was going to be like a Quentin Tarantino movie where like, yeah, he cuts to the very end and then you have to figure out the whole time. Like, how did we get to this scene? Um, and yeah. it takes you, obviously it takes a little time to develop what that scene is and, and how they got there. Um, but they do it pretty quickly. And I thought that was really interesting because I had the same exact um, worry going through. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out how they got to this, this issue or this, this place. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of felt like I needed a, a little bit to take in. The, I thought the first act of the movie was probably the strongest where everything's kind of developing. You're learning about them. And it did kind of take a second to be like, OK, I'm into this. How far into it were you like, OK, I'm in? Um. You know, it was a little further than where you got, because once I figured out that scene, I was still not super convinced because I was like, all right, where are they going to go with this storyline? So these people can't die. What's going to mm -hmm. happen? Um, I really it took me a while to say to really give my stamp of approval. Not that my stamp of approval means anything. but <laughs> um, And I liked the fact that, yes, you had your your protagonist, your antagonist. But there was there was a lot of gray area in between with some of the characters as to what mm -hmm. side they were actually on. Some of them made terrible choices. Some of them made, you know. So I think the fact that that storyline was allowed to play out with some of the characters made me really like it and enjoy the fact that it wasn't cut and dry. And I don't want to give too much. I'm very worried about ruining this for anybody who might want to watch it. Um, but there are a lot of characters who you think you know, they do something and then they come back and either redeem themselves or show their true colors or whatever it happens to be. So that's what I like. So I would say it took about an hour for me to say, yeah, this is, this is something I can really get into. And I did like the fact that I didn't know it was a comic book movie beforehand. I Googled mm -hmm. it afterwards. And I think it was a very different take on the comic book genre. And I think Netflix has done a good job with that, with the Umbrella Academy as a series. Yeah. And now the old guard, because it's not what you normally think of with your Marvel or DC movies where um, sexuality and sexual preference is different. And um, with the Umbrella Academy, different example, but like there's substance abuse and things like that. And I don't think those topics get their proper time on the main, you know, motion picture movie or uh, mm -hmm. comic book movies. All right. So if you had to give this movie a rating on the five scale, what would you give it? On the five scale, I would give it a solid, I'd give it a solid four. Four. That's exactly where I'm at okay. on it. I felt like overall content wise and kind of it taking a different take on this comic book genre, 
And then just the fact that it was a new movie on Netflix. And then also how well it kept my attention because it's right over two hours. I feel like that was probably the perfect link for this movie too. Yeah, and I think there is a little cliffhanger at the end, which is kind of cool, um, which leads you to believe they might have a sequel, maybe. Yeah, I think there's they're in talks of it right now. Of It's probably going to be a sequel now that it's like in the top 10 most Netflix movies as far as a amount of people who've watched them. It'll probably get a sequel. And I think Netflix is kind of finding its lane as far as original movies. Yeah. Where... I feel there are very few that have really like kind of cut through from being just good Netflix movies to being movies that everybody talked about. Like, I think the major one that kind of cut through everything was when Bird Box came out to where it was like, okay, this is something that everybody is watching and experiencing like a normal movie that came out in theaters. And I think this one got pretty close to that. I think if I watched it in theaters, I maybe would have liked it a little bit less. So I think this is going to bring us into our next topic, which last week, Mulan announced that it's going straight to Disney um, Plus on demand, essentially. So we'll do a quick break and come back and talk about that because I posted it on Twitter and it was like flooded with people having different comments and opinions on this whole new model. So we'll talk about that next. All right. All right. All right. Back here now. So we're going to talk about Mulan and we kind of got into how we feel about paying for movies at home and like you i love going to the movies i feel like you get an experience when you actually go there i like the everything from driving up there to walking in getting your seat the only thing i don't like is the previews really because i have it down to yeah i have it down i've watched the trailers way before they come Uh, out and i don't want to go to the theater and spend 20 minutes watching previews like i know it's gonna show and i go to the movie so much when they were happening that I would know every single preview. So I'm like, just cut the 20 minutes off. See, I like just 10, maybe. I enjoy the previews because I sit there and uh, I start planning out movies that I want to see or that I would never see. I never actually do what I say. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely gonna see that the weekend it comes out. And I never actually do it. But I, I don't know. I enjoy <laughs> the that little game that we all play where you start critiquing okay. the movie based on like the, the trailer. You talk to your friend. You're like, oh, is that that actor from that other movie? Like, I enjoy all that stuff. I also I have this really bad habit of getting... Uh, a gigantic popcorn, gigantic soda, and I always leave with a stomachache because I devour popcorn. I'm like a popcorn monster, okay. and I never learn. I, I'm 35 years old. I still have never learned to just like chill with the popcorn in a movie theater. So do you get popcorn, a drink, the whole thing? So I do popcorn, drink. I've I've now added raisinets to my mix. Okay, um, into the popcorn? No, I don't do into the popcorn. A lot of people make. Uh, a okay. lot of people ask me. I don't do into the popcorn. Just separate. And uh, I try to make sure I open everything before the movie starts. So I'm not like wrestling with, uh, with <laughs> cellophane or whatever plastic wrap they have. Okay. I think we have our stage set here of how different moviegoers we are. Because I go in and I take nothing. I buy nothing. I go straight up to watch the movie. Sometimes I'll bring in like my own snack in my pocket. But very, very few. I don't do that a whole well, lot. Also, but I never buy anything. You're also really healthy. You're, you're vegan, right? Still? Yes, I'm vegan, so it's also hard to find anything. <laughs> yeah. At very most, I'll get... I wouldn't even get water there because I don't like to pee during the movie. So I go in just straight on. I pay the ticket price, and that's kind of all I do. So if you were to go, you would end up spending, what'd you say, like maybe 30 Yeah, I mean, the ticket, bucks? ticket, you're looking at, what, $14 now at most yeah, theaters? So, 14 bucks. Yeah, and then probably another 20 So like, yeah, 35 bucks if I'm going by myself. Okay, so... With this new Mulan coming out, it's going straight to Disney Plus, which do you have Disney Plus? I do. Yeah. 
So that's seven bucks. And essentially what they're going to have is this movie will come out and you'll have to pay an additional 30 just to rent it. So you're looking at if you pay for the service and then rented this movie, that's about 37 bucks that you're paying a month to do this. So from our different standpoints, it's going to be more expensive for me to watch this movie. Of course. Because I'm probably going to watch it alone usually. And then for you, you're going to end up spending pretty close to what you would to go watch in theaters. Yeah, but I don't think I should. I don't okay. think I should pay the same amount to sit in my home, use a service that I'm already paying for. I mean, I don't I don't actually pay for uh, Disney Plus. I have it with my Verizon account. It was like a throw in mm-hmm. for the year. But still, someone's paying for that service. I don't think that I should pay that same amount that I would be paying to go to a theater to watch it at home. I know when I mentioned earlier, um, the King of Staten Island, I feel like that was way cheaper. I think it was like it's 15, $20. $20. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which granted that wasn't going to come out on a streaming service. So I understand why they did that. But Disney, I'm a little upset with the decision because you pushed everyone to sign up for this service and it's still very new. And now you're, mm-hmm. I understand it was supposed to be a movie that was released in theaters in what, September, I think, or actually it was supposed to release already. Well, and then they pushed it to September for this yeah. release. Um, I don't think they should be charging $30 for the movie. I guess that was a long way for it's me to lot. say I don't like what they're doing. <laughs> because what I kind of saw from the response on Twitter was it's either people so upset of like, how could they charge more for what you're already paying a month? Yeah. Like they got me onto this service that I, they were like, okay, subscribe to this and you have all this content already built in. And now there's people upset about that. But also for like families, I feel it's like, yeah, when we go to the movie theater, we end up spending close to $100. Yep. We got, you know, two or three, four kids. When you go take all those kids to the theater, the ticket prices alone probably covers more than the 30 bucks. And then snacks and drinks and all that, you're essentially saving money by doing this. So I think it's kind of split in between that. But I feel like that's that's a lot of money, like 30 yeah. bucks and I would, for a service you're already paying. I would, I would argue, or I'd put this up there, okay? And you can even, you can pull all of your people on Twitter if you want. Are you paying okay. for the content or are you paying for the experience? Because taking your kids to the movie, whether good or bad, whether expensive or frustrating, because some of them have to go to the bathroom, some of them don't, and you're, you got kids crying here, kids crying there. When you go to the movies, are you paying for the experience or are you paying for the content? Because if you're paying for the content, then I guess it doesn't matter where you happen to be, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're paying for the experience, like I said, I, I enjoy the experience of going to the movie, of going to the theater, yeah. seeing what's coming up. Um, we can argue on whether or not trailers are good um, and all of that. <laughs> when I'm at home, I'm not getting that same experience. And oftentimes, and this is probably my own fault, but when you watch stuff at home, I don't know if you do the same thing. You're on your phone, you get up and you go do something like, cause you have your distractions yeah. around you. You don't have that at the movie theater. So even though for a family, yeah, it's going to cost way less to, to stream it at home on the Disney plus app, which you're already paying for. I still don't think maybe 10 bucks. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's the price. The fact that it's 30 and I haven't seen anyone stream a movie for $30 before, but obviously it was a big budget movie because they planned on releasing it in a normal world. Yeah. So they're trying to re $200 million. Yeah, so they're trying to recoup <laughs> some of that money, I guess, which is good for them. Yeah. I think that's mainly what kind of made me even consider it was the fact that it was 30 bucks. That's the most a streaming movie has ever cost. And unlike the other ones where they were just, you would rent them from other Mm -hmm. services, it's a service that you're already paying for, which seems weird. And 
I know Disney's kind of in a weird space right now to where, you know, they're supposed to have this big season with all these big movies, but also their theme parks are closed. They're not making as money as much money from their retail stores. Like all these other factors on around them are like, okay, we need to make money back, not only on this movie, but kind of build the Disney machine. Yeah. That's just notorious for just making tons of money all the time. And I just think it's a little too expensive, but me, I'm going to watch it. They got me. So you it's are, a big movie. I'm going to pay, I'm, I'm pay for it. I, I'm going to pay the 30 bucks mainly because I was excited to see it. But the thing is, it wasn't even like my most anticipated from them this year. And, but it was still like going to be such a big movie that if I don't watch it, like it's going to be like, okay, literally the biggest movie came out that wasn't supposed to, and you're not going to watch it. I'm going to, they got me on the 30 bucks. Will I be happy about it? No, <laughs> but you're going to do it anyway, um, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, it's interesting. Cause I, I think that also shows the power of Disney, the power of the mouse, because mm -hmm. Disney can get away with things that I don't think any other company could because it, it plays to our, our love of nostalgia, right? Because yeah. you grew up loving Disney. Everyone, for the most part, grew up loving Disney movies. And I, they definitely use that against us in a lot of ways. That's what they've been doing with this entire live action remix. Yeah. It's like, hey, remember all those movies you loved from the 90s? Well, here they are again, live action. So That's what they've been doing. Do you actually like the live action movies? Because so we have, what do we, we've had Dumbo, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and Aladdin, right? Those are the four that I can think and of. Jungle Book. Oh, Jungle Book. Yeah, I forgot about that one. And they're working on um, Little Mermaid. Okay, so but we've had five so, that came out already? Yeah. How mm -hmm. did you feel about them? Did you watch all five? I've seen all of them. I The one I really did it that I felt like it, it took away like all the original like feeling out of it was The Lion King because I kind of felt like I was watching a Nat Geo special with voices. Okay. And it felt too realistic that it didn't have the charm of the original Lion King. I kind of like the Aladdin a little bit better than the cartoon. Really? Mainly because that was a movie I didn't really grow up with a whole lot. Like, I remember watching it and being like, okay, Aladdin, it's all right. And watching it with Will Smith, I think, in the big elaborate kind of how they made that movie live action, I think that one actually transferred over. All the other ones, they take you into these different worlds of, like, you know, animals and all these other creatures to where it works more as, you know, being animated. Okay. So... I think that one's the only one that really I enjoyed more as a live action. I think everything else has kind of just been like, okay, it's quote unquote live action, but it's really just a different kind of animation yeah. that has less of an appeal. Well, I think, I think even Disney tried to clear that up originally before the Lion King came out because people kept calling it a live yeah. action movie. And they're like, no, it's just, we're not using real lions. Stop. <laughs> this yeah. isn't a live action movie. <laughs> um, then did you feel the same way about the jungle book as you did Lion King? Because jungle, I mean, you're still well, working with a bunch of animals, right? Yeah. Because I, I didn't see Lion King. I did see the Jungle Book, and I, I thought to myself, it looks really good. Like, what they yeah. did with the animation was incredible. Um, but I didn't think the movie itself was that great. Yeah, because, I mean, I also don't love the original Jungle Book as I do the original Lion okay. King. So I feel like I held it to a little bit of a different standard to where, like, okay, that's just the same thing kind of in live-action form. The Lion King you have all the songs and all the other things and that made that movie great. I think is why I saw it as being not as good. Okay. That makes sense. I thought, um, Aladdin now great that we have different perspectives on Aladdin. I have to culturally love Aladdin. That's like our movie. That's our people. <laughs> okay. Um, and I was really worried about Will Smith's performance because Robin Williams did such a great job as the genie. Um, yeah. and I would say 
20 minutes in, whenever they do the, the Prince Ali song as they're coming in to Agrabah, like that's where Will Smith won me over. And I was like, all right, Will, you got yeah. this, man. Like it took me 20 minutes. This is good. And it, it probably <laughs> took me 20 minutes because I was just mad that they were even doing this as a live action. Um, <laughs> and 20 minutes in, I was like, all right, Will, you got this. I thought Beauty and the Beast was actually really good too. I did like that one too. I like Emma Watson though. Yeah, she's awesome. So do you, where do you think that Mulan will, if it, it'll be the sixth movie that we've seen Disney do this, mm -hmm. where do you think it ranks in one through six? Well, they took away a lot of what made the original fun. Like it looks kind of like a straight on war movie to me. So are they, are they like taking the even, love part out of it? I don't know okay. yet. I don't think they've really said all they've taken out, but it doesn't just by looking at it, it doesn't look like a Disney movie to me. So I don't know how it's going to translate of like the story of war and everything like the animation in that kind of made it feel like a Disney movie. Yeah. Now it could be just a straight on, you know, straight on drama. That's true. Like, will it have that same appeal? Like, will the songs even be, I don't even, there's not even music in it. You know, it's interesting because obviously war was the, the plot of the whole movie, right? The, the original mm -hmm. animated Mulan. But when you see war in cartoons or a cartoon version of it, it's not as serious for whatever reason. Yeah. Even though we know that this is actual, it's, you know, war is a historical thing. People have died throughout the centuries in war. But when you see it as a cartoon, it's different. So I do agree. It's going to end up being like a weird Saving Private Ryan Disney mashup. I'll pay the 30 bucks to let you, you know. <laughs> I will wait for your podcast about Mulan in September whenever it comes out. Yeah. And if you like it, I will then buy or uh, pay for the extra 30 bucks. Okay. Then we'll, I'll bring you back okay. on. We'll review Mulan after you watch it. And then I'm also going to give you an assignment of watching a movie from the year you were okay. born. You're going to have to watch Back to the Future. You know, I've seen most of Back to... That's the one I've probably seen the most of, but I'll watch it in its entirety. Okay. I feel really uh, embarrassed, actually, because my friends have a clothing company that uses a lot of like these movies as their base. Yeah. <laughs> and I support my friend's company all the time. I just don't know most, I don't, haven't seen the full movies. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, it's been fun having you on. Um, where can people find you? Um, so there's two places really. One is Instagram. Um, I'm usually on that. I'm mm -hmm. on all the, the platforms at Worst Anthony, but Instagram is the one I use the most. And now that Carla Marie and I do not have our normal radio show, we've been pivoting and went over to Twitch. And we actually do usually uh, two or three times a week, we do our show on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash Carla Marine Anthony. And that's been a lot of fun because there is, I don't know if you're on Twitch at all, Mike. Yeah, I was watching you guys the other day. Oh, well, thank you. You, you know, you can jump into the <laughs> chat room and say hello. Um, <laughs> I got locked out of my Twitch account. I got to fix it. Uh, it is impossible. Once you like forget your password or whatever it happens to be, they make you really jump through hoops to get that thing back. Um, I can't prove it's me right now, but I'll, I'll get on there. But, um, no, it's been a lot of fun, especially with that chat room feature, because it's like doing our regular radio show, um, but mm -hmm. instant reaction from people. And people can have conversations with each other as opposed to just having them with us through the chat room. So that's been a lot of fun. We're going to have guests on the on the Twitch stream as well. So it's twitch.tv slash Carla Marine Anthony or just search Carla Marine Anthony if you have the app. Nice, dude. Well, thanks for hanging out on this episode, dude, man. Thank you so much for having me. Love you, man. Oh, oh and I'm also, you could probably see it because we're video chatting. I've got your brother's, yeah, uh, yeah. Your brother's shirt on. Well, that sounded weird. Shout out to <laughs> your, <brother's, laughs> your brother's record label shirt. All right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you later, man. Later, dude. All right. That's the episode for this week. But before I go, I got to give my Instagram shout out of the week. This week, it is going to at Brett Michaels Radio, who said he enjoyed the episode last week with Hillary, who I work with on the Bobby Bone Show, and that he's actually been enjoying the podcast for a while. So, hey, shout out to Brett over there in Bakersfield. If you guys want 
an Instagram shout out or a Twitter shout out, all you had to do was send me a DM, tag me in your Instagram story, or just tweet me at Mike Distro. Either a screenshot or your picture of your car dashboard that you're listening to that episode that week, or any episode for that matter. And I'll pick one of you guys to either retweet, post in my Instagram story, or give you this shout out every single week. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Go check out my friend Anthony too over there on Instagram and follow their show too. Him and Carla Marie are really great people and it sucks what they're going through right now. But if you guys show them some support, it can help them get through this time. Been a crazy year for everybody. So that'd be awesome too. We also have a bunch of podcasts here on the Nashville Podcast Network to check out. I produce a podcast every single week. It's a music podcast called The Bobby Cast. We have four things with Amy Brown, The Sore Losers, Velvet's Edge, and Get Real with Caroline Hobby, all right here on the network. So if you're looking for something else to listen to this week, just check out all the shows we have going on here. All right. I will talk to you guys next Monday. Until then, later. Later.